Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. This last song um, is the story about the first American woman to ever go to space, Sally Ride. Remember when NASA sent a woman to space for only six days and they gave her 100 tampons, 100 tampons. And they asked, will that be enough? They didn't know if that was enough These are our nation's greatest minds They are literally rocket scientists They also tied the tampons together By the strings like sausages 100 tampons 100 tampons I can picture it now Come with me. I'm Sally Ride and I'm going to space for the first time. I'm walking tall. I feel so proud. Then I see a man running panic through the crowd. He's holding a large bag. I think, what can this be? And then he hands 100 tampons to me. And then he hands 100 tampons to me for one week. They could have asked me. I would have said maybe 33. Cause even if it were my period week I probably already brought some with me But, you know Thanks, I guess That was Marsha Belsky I love that song, and that was only about half of that song, so definitely check out the rest of it and all the other songs from her set on Comedy Central's partnership series with Refinery29, Taking the Stage. Comedy Central and Refinery29 are collaborating on two digital series showcasing fast-rising, all-female comedic talent with distinct voices. Comedy Central and Refinery29's Taking the Stage is a short-form stand-up showcase and is up on Comedy Central stand-up YouTube channel and their social media channels. Also check out their other collaborative series, Speak Up, which features intimate one-on-one conversations with the comics you see performing on Taking the Stage. That includes Chanel Ali, Marsha Belsky, A.O. Beery, Marie Faustin, Jenna Friedman, Kat Radley, Rachel Sennett, and Tian Tran. Um, seriously, check out that Marsha Belsky set. It is so funny. I love, uh, I, I love the clip that we have from that and that they posted on Instagram last week, but the whole song, they can only, we can only use about a third of that song cause it's, it's, it's a nice little chunk of time, but it goes so deep and really just really funny. And, uh, man, I'm Tom Takar. Welcome to another episode 
of stand up with Tom Takar. Hey, that's me. Uh, what a great time I've been having doing this. Thanks for thanks to everybody for the messages. I got a bunch this week after uh, saying, like I said, like I say every week now, we don't have an email for this show, but if you have any questions or want personal recs, if you want a personal stand-up DJ for your life, uh, send send me a message. I'm uh, at uh, Tom Takar, T-H-A-K-K-A-R, and I'm happy to help. I've been having fun getting people turned on to some comics they, they don't know about. I've, I've sent this to so many people now, I'm just going to say it on the show. If you haven't seen Daniel Simonson, uh, look him up on YouTube. I've been sending him to so many people because when somebody asks off the top of your head, who's somebody you think I haven't heard of that I'll love. I mean, he's, he's one of my favorite comics. And, uh, so I'll just get that one out of the way. If you check him out and then, uh, and then talk to me, baby. Uh, I'm joined as always by coach T producer extraordinaire. How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm uh, I'm pretty good. I I feel like every week I say the same thing at the beginning of this because of this quarantine shit. But uh, I I feel like I've done a better job this week. I think it's like one day a week. I feel like oh no, like I just I start feeling nostalgic for shit I don't even want to do. You know. So so like, you you're 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 just you just miss the world. Yeah, I do, man. I just started missing like intertubing the other day. It's like I don't even like doing that. What is it's inter- not even that? What is that's where you like get on a on a river or some body of water and you're just floating on a damn tube. Oh. And last time I did it, we had a bunch of snacks in one of the tubes and a cooler, and it dumped. And I'm a bad swimmer, and I went to chase it, and uh, somebody had to uh, come get me. And it was humiliating, and my ex berated me in front of everybody, and uh, it was a really bad experience. And I, the other day, go, man, I wish I could enter tube. Oh. Like, what a bad memory, you know? Well, if you missing things, you are in a, in a good place in the country. There's some people are, are missing greater things like rent and income. So <laughs> I know you're coach. doing well. You're doing well, Tom. Don't hit me with that, coach. <laughs> why you guys? Why you do that to me? Don't be that guy. Well, it's, not, it's for the audience. Of, it's for the audience. It's not a lot for of you. children in Ethiopia are starving. So maybe uh, it's maybe maybe don't bitch about the dinner that you had tonight. It's like yeah, I know. I I said this before. I got a. I'm wearing a T-shirt while uh-huh. I record this every week, and the T-shirt says. Look, I know my complaints don't matter, but I have to talk. So yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be saying things that yeah, of course it's much worse. And if you can give money uh, to people to help them out, do it. I, I hope that you guys are having luck getting help uh, if you need it. And uh, hit me up. And if you need anything, if I'm capable, I'll do my best. But. Uh, yeah, no. I obviously things could be much worse, um, and I'm I'm very grateful that uh, that there that I that I have the ability to listen to comedy as much as I can and uh, and still be able to eat and all that stuff. All I'm saying is it would be fun to be able to go outside. That's it. C- comedy is very helpful right now. I don't want to underplay that. It, yeah, yeah, it's, it's crucial. Been, it's been really helpful, and I wanted to say up top on the show, I we talked about it in. Uh, in more detail a couple weeks ago, but some of these digital shows are really fun, man. I did one this week and it was a real lifeline. 
Uh, and I wanted to promote it because it was really fun, and they're doing another one, I believe, May 7th. Maybe, let me double-check that. My friend just texted me about it. Oh, May 8th. Uh, it was called Dumb Love. It's it's based on the podcast Dumb Love out of Atlanta. And it's my friends uh, Sally Brooks and uh, Jennifer O'Neill Smith. They put this thing together. They paid the comics pretty well. Like It was it was definitely worth the time for that, but it was also just nice to see people trying and not being ironic and like just really putting it out there with their material. It was a really fun lineup. We had it was uh Andy Woodhull was on who was on uh last week's episode and a lot of people reached out to me that they really got a kick out of discovering or hearing more Andy Woodhull. So if you didn't hear last week's check out that clip because it was really fun. But yeah, check out the Dumb Love show. It's uh it's out of Atlanta. Sally Brooks, Jen O'Neill Smith and the next one is May 8th and I think they do a thing where you have to I think you have to donate to get on, and you're just on a Zoom watching it. Um, but if you want free ones, come to Good God, which is my weekly show with Shane Torres, Caitlin Cook, and Phoebe Bottoms. All right, that brings me to the clips I want to play for you guys today. The first one is from uh, one of my favorite comics that I saw without having seen him on TV. I just saw him one night, and I was blown away. This is Henry Phillips. Uh, playing a couple of songs for you guys from his half hour. And the second clip is from Tony Woods. Again, just a legend. And I talked about him in my episode with Chris D. I picked some different clips for you. Today, this is uh, this is from his half hour. First up, we've got Henry Phillips. And then we've got Tony Woods. Hope you enjoy. Jordan Klepper from The Daily Show and Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, thanks. Is everybody having a good time tonight? I'm going to uh, do something about that. Uh, I'm going to play some f- slow folk music for you. Starting off, uh, this is a new song, actually, and I'm going through a little bit of a breakup situation right now, which blows. Um, a lot of my friends are tired of hearing about it. It's been about seven years now or whatever, but still. Um, I-, I dated a girl recently who was cool. I don't think she knew, however, and this is important, girls. There's certain things I think girls aren't supposed to say in the middle of having sex. Like, I have no problem if you're having sex. At one point, the girl says, hey, I really like uh, your penis or whatever it is. Um, but she would always be like, uh, wow, I really like penises. And I was like, penises? That's, it's not that hard to put the word your in there, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> and the other thing is, I have no problem if you're having sex. At one point, the girl says, hey, I really like it when you do this, you know, down there, whatever that is. Um, but she would always be like, I really like it when people uh, do this. And I was like, people? That's not the right word at all. That's not even like gender specific. You just picture a big crowd of people at the DMV or something like that. <clears throat> but this is a song that's just about calling that somebody special really late at night. And um, <laughs> it's a new song and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Michelle. One thing, actually, I'm sorry. 
Before I do this song, I just got this uh, album from the Dave Matthews Band, and it's a live album. And every time he does the first line of the song, there's always like this huge uproarious applause or whatever because it's everybody's favorite song or whatever. And I know you guys have never heard any of this crap before, but I thought it might be fun to try to recreate that whole moment right now. Just, you know, people watching. Thanks. That'll be like the rehearsal or whatever, but what I mean is like once I do the... Uh, I'll start it again. Hello, Michelle. Thank you. I know you're probably sleeping, but I just called because there was something on my mind. You're the kind of girl that a man could really settle down with because you're smart faithful, innocent, and kind, which is why I'm calling you tonight. What was the name of that one other chick you were hanging out with Friday night with the pierced tongue? You know, the one who said she used to be a stripper. And you said she was making up for some emotional insecurities by sleeping with every guy she meets. Well, is she seeing anyone right now? And if not, well, do you maybe have her number? And if she is, well, then what are you doing tonight? <laughs> oh, hang on, Michelle. I think that sounds like my call waiting. Hang on really quick while I just lose that other call. Click. Oh, hey, Janine, what's that? You say you want to see me and you're not wearing anything at all. Hang on while I just lose that other call. <laughs> Click. Oh, hey, Janine, Michelle, whatever the hell your name is, listen, I better take that. It sounds kind of important to listen. You know, we should really get together sometime. Because I'd love to know more about you. And plus, I got to get that stripper chick's number. But right now, I better get that other line. But I want you to know that you'll always be more or less in the back of my mind. Thank you. Um, oh, man. I don't know if there's any way we could do this or not. but. Uh... Maybe we could just kind of bring those lights down a little bit and get a more intimate kind of a vibe going. You know, like one of those VH1 storytellers type. Yeah, that's cool. All right, awesome. Um, I'd like to do a song for you now. I think uh, I've never really had any luck with girls at all. And uh, I always get those lines that they give you to let you know that they're not interested. Like, you know, I'm seeing somebody right now or a relationship or married or how'd you get here? I thought we had a restraining order. Where are you taking me? All that kind of stuff. We're like, oh, this is going nowhere. And uh, this is a song that I wrote about a girl that I was seeing out in California, actually, for about a three-month period. And um, we had to end it eventually just because uh, her uh, period was lasting way too damn long for my life. But, um, but uh, her name's Lisa, and she's not here tonight. And uh, I think that's probably a good thing because I don't think she'd like this song very much. But uh, hope you enjoy it. She never was abused when she was younger Her father never up and ran away And even though her family 
gave her all the love she needs Somehow she's a bitch anyway You guys know her too, apparently <laughs> Me, I tried to be the perfect hero I said I love you 2,000 times a day I showered her with presents bought from the finest shops in town But somehow she's a bitch anyway And when I'd tell her my funny stories She'd say, well, I guess you had to be there I played her my guitar song She said it sucks And when the evening news shows homeless people She says it's their own damn fault And then she hits me up for 50 bucks Somehow she's a bitch anyway I'm sorry, I always get kind of emotionally choked <laughs> She's a f bitch anyway. Thank you. I usually start out my show. I always go, "Hey, it's it's great to be here." Nah, <laughs> it ain't that good. It's okay for y'all, cause you at a show, you know? I'm at work. <laughs> I mean, how many people show up on the job and go, hey, it's great to be here. <laughs> you know, your coworkers will say something like, look, just grab the trash can and get on the truck. <laughs> You're not in show business, man. I, like, I wanted to mention trash men, cause I just like them, man, cause they seem to be such strong individuals. Not because they pick up the cans, but they ride on the back of that truck. <laughs> Them trucks stink. <laughs> you ever ride up beside a trash truck in the summer? It's like, what the? <laughs> Ugh. But the man is riding on the back like he don't smell nothing. It's a... <laughs> and if he sees a woman in the car, he'll look over at her, hey. Like she gonna roll the window down to talk to his stankin' ass. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> See, that's my pet peeve, man. Bad smells. I can't handle... I can handle regular bad smells like, you know, farting. <laughs> it's that bad breath thing I can't handle. I don't mean regular bad breath like onions or beer. I'm talking about the heavy stuff. <laughs> you know, that comes from way down there. And it seems like the people who have that type of breath never seem to know. Because they always got secrets, don't they? Hey, let me tell you something. Mm -mm. I, I, I can't handle none of your secrets, man. My eye is watering. Some people come up with real clever phrases and never get any credit for it. You ever hear the phrase, why did the chicken cross the road? I think that is so good. There's a thousand different answers for why that little chicken crossed the road. Now, me personally, I don't give a damn about the chicken crossing the road at all. 
obviously chickens are pretty good at crossing the road. Because I've never seen a chicken who's been hit by a car. I mean, they get hurt a lot of ways, but never hit by a car. I think as a society, we should concern ourselves with the animals who don't make it across the road. Why did the squirrel cross the road? He never makes it. Squirrels have like a big self-confidence problem. You ever see them? Because they're quick enough, but they get halfway and they go, ooh, I can't do this. And as soon as he turn around, bam, oh! What about the raccoon? They get it all the time. Every time you drive down the highway, that's all you see, a little hat here, a little hat there. And raccoons don't get it because they have low self-confidence like the squirrel. Raccoons have too much self-confidence. Because look at the way they dress. That is way too much for the forest. Big fur jumpsuit, the black driving gloves, the striped tail, and the little sunglasses. Come on, raccoon, what you trying to prove, man? Then they walk out into the highway late at night. And I'm sure another animal goes, hey, raccoon, look out for that truck. And he's like, what truck, mother Because <laughs> that's how they talk, because they think they're cool. But by then, it's too late, bam! That's why every time you do see a dead raccoon, he's always looking back. Because he was talking to that animal in the woods. Ain't know who that animal was, right? Chicken. I like to have a pet, you know, because I live by myself. And I'm on the road sometimes two, three weeks at a time, you know. And it'd be nice to have someone in my apartment who's happy to see me, you know. Somebody who has not been looking through my Because <laughs> women seem to want to do that all the time. They'll look through your things. Hey, what are you looking for? Do you have something to hide? <laughs> I'm going to have a body to hide if you keep it up. <laughs> I think the perfect pet for me would be like a monkey. Because, you know, everybody wants a monkey. You know, from little, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, ah, oh, I'd like to have a monkey. You know, just think about having a monkey. That'd be so nice. You wouldn't have to stay there. He can, he can feed himself, open the refrigerator, work the blender. He can even answer the phone. He can't say nothing, but he can pick it up. You know, a dog shows excitement. He's like, <laughs> and you know, he's happy. But a, a monkey can actually smile and stuff. You know, when you walk in the door, you're like, monkey. And he's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you hug each other. <laughs> we can watch TV together, watch like Discovery Channel. He'd probably sit there and say, hey, I know him. You don't know him, monkey. <laughs> I take him for walks too, you know but no leash for my monkey. As a matter of fact, if I had a monkey, I'd dress him just like me. <laughs> we hang out, I'd take him to nightclubs and stuff. I'd just shave his monkey hair off, get him some little leather pants, little tight muscle shirt. 
Oh, that'd be nice. Take them to a club. But, you know, no offense to anybody here who happen to be like Asian or Latino, but that's the type of club we probably have to go to, you know. Now, you know, we got to go somewhere where everybody's short. <laughs> no, because if I take them to a regular club, somebody's going to catch on. Somebody's going to go, hey, that midget looks just like a monkey. <laughs> Seeing him flip three times. Who knows, he may get lucky. Sitting at the bar, drinking his little banana daiquiris. Some drunk girl comes up, she's like, hey, you know what I like about you? You don't talk as much as those other guys. He just look at her and go, because he can't talk. Who knows, they may even go home together. Just imagine that, they're kissing and messing around. Oh my God. You know, she may touch him. Just, you know, just touch him. Now, you as a regular man, you get hot, you might throw your woman on the bed and go, yeah. But he's a wild animal. His hot may be a little hotter. She touches little monkey weenies of, ah! And the hair in the back of his neck stands up and he takes his hand and pops her right in the forehead. And she just falls out, oh, you like it, Rob. <laughs> Women get disgusted, but just think about it. He can probably do things a regular man could never do. He can do the traditional doggy style without even putting his feet on the ground. He's right there on your back. <laughs> Smack your ass with his foot. with your hands on my shoulders. I'm a monkey. <laughs> his dismount would be cool. Cause you know, a regular man, his dismount is this. <sighs> but he's a monkey, he's gonna do a little flip. <laughs> Go into the kitchen. <laughs> I think that's the end. that was henry phillips and tony woods again the first clip was henry phillips just one of my favorite comics and he's one of those guys i i love discovering a comic by just seeing them for the first time and he was playing at my local club in bloomington indiana the comedy attic and i had i had just heard somebody say they liked him i didn't see this half hour before i saw this which is rare but I went and saw him, and I was blown away. Like, he was so funny. I had just not seen somebody have every line be funny like that before. And you can tell he, he's so calculated. Every line, his delivery is also infectious. His, like, uh, yeah, so uh, I was talking to this girl or whatever. And uh, and it's it's such a funny way of talking that I remember leaving, and I was like, I just wish I could talk as funny as that guy because – the the way he talks about his dating life is is very funny and he has a lot of shit you can see on YouTube he's he was ahead of the game as far as creating just a ton of content on YouTube he has this series called the loner from forever ago where he made these sketches where he's this awkward like 
loser and he always the joke is always on him he's he's really funny and his he made those he also has a a youtube series that i was obsessed with for a long time that i still am that he created his own musical backtrack to it's this it's this it's a brilliant idea it's a cooking show it's called henry's kitchen and it's a cooking show and it's him and he's this sad lonely guy who can't cook for shit and each meal is more pathetic and he gives little weird facts while he's while he's cooking that are very upsetting and like depressing and add to his character each episode it's it's just really brilliant stuff he also has uh two movies that uh are great i think that i i know the first one's called punching the clown i can't remember if he named the second one and punching the clown or just punching the clown too both are hilarious but he's one of the most prolific guys that i think a lot of people don't know about but he's just he's got so much material and uh his albums are very funny. If you just look him up on Spotify, his album covers are funny. He's just funny in his bones. Everything he does makes me laugh, and uh, I, I really hope people check him out. Hey, um, as a as an outsider to comedy, um, is there like a stigma against musical comics? I feel like man, I feel like I'm so is. glad you asked that. Yeah, there is there. I think that was a thing, a bigger thing. In maybe the early 2000s, maybe and maybe before, but I think there was more of a stigma against music comics. Like it kind of fits into the same. It was kind of put in the same genre as like magician acts or like. Uh, Why is that? It's I, I I laughed immediately at your clips this week. Oh really? As yeah, a matter of fact, I, I thought it was your yeah. better pick since we've been doing it. Really? That's yeah. interesting. That's interesting. I'm curious. I, I'm I'm very curious what you thought about the Tony Woods clips, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah. I want to talk about this guitar thing real fast because yeah. I think there is kind of there are some comedians, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people would agree with this, that use the guitar as a crutch, where maybe the joke isn't as strong, but if you play a little piano ditty right here, it makes the joke funnier. You know what I mean? Okay. It just adds an element that and that that can be really really funny. There are some people who are incredible at it, like Zach Galifianakis's half hour, which I'm sure we'll play some of on the show eventually. Um, he does a great job with with institu- with with uh, incorporating piano to his character, and it's it makes sense for him. He's it's part of this like loungy character that he does. And with Henry, the reason that I think that that stigma, and I, I've, I feel like even Henry has felt that before, probably, uh, that he he doesn't want to be seen as this guitar comedian, and he can do stand up without the guitar. It's just that his songs are so funny, and if you have unique original material with the guitar and you've built a persona, I think that it can be great. So I think that he breaks that stigma a lot, I, but I do understand why the stigma was there, which is that I think. I think just like anything, like there's, there's always a wave of these comedians who, um, one person is able to pull something off, and so all of a sudden you see a bunch of them doing it, and it's like oh. puppets. It's like, oh, and TikTok. and there's always there's yeah, <laughs> exactly. Except they're, they're trying, and maybe they are unique. Maybe they do have their own spin to it. It's just it it takes a while to get through it. Like you'll see, there's multiple puppet acts, and you go, oh, there's one or two that are incredible, uh-huh. and then there's some that are either popular or not great. Uh, and then there's the same with guitar where you're like, oh, this guy is just doing what the other guy did and the jokes are kind of weak, but he has a guitar. So it's kind of like, and it's like a trick where they'll play a chord and then that's the part where you're supposed to laugh. It's like this hypnotizing sort of 
effect. Oh, so, so people consider it lazy in, in the in the stand up community sometimes. And it, again, this is this is one guy talking. I think that is a lot of people it, feel that way. Tom. I think it is a lot of people that have felt that a way. A lot of comics, I would say that. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting doing this show like this because sometimes I'm like, man, I hope I'm not just speaking for a bunch of people who are like, man, fuck that. But I do think that that's true. I think that a lot of people would agree. When I hang that out, it's well, lazy. Yeah, yeah. When I hang out, I didn't know what the beef was. When I was hanging out, they'd just be like, oh, this is a, a musical comic. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. I'm just evaluating art. And before that guy even played uh, the guitar in his clip, he already won me over just the way that the way that he was delivering his material. Like I was already enchanted by him. He was he's a he's a really good clip. I never I'm not familiar with him, but uh, the way that he spoke and controlled the crowd was was incredible. I was like, he's a good one. So funny. And in his his movies, he's the same kind of character that he is on stage, where he's this like kind of soft spoken. He's saying things that he's the idiot. Uh, I love the opening line. I don't know if you saw. I, I think that I kept this in. I, I don't totally remember, but that opening line of like, "How are you guys doing tonight?" and they all cheer, and he goes, uh, "Well, I'll I'll do something about that." And it's like, as if they didn't cheer, and it's it's yeah. he's planned this line for them not to cheer, and then, then yeah. they do. It it backfires on him. Very smooth and comedian. Very smooth guy on the stage. The the thing that I think about that joke of his all the time that's in this clip where uh, the the line about him uh, having sex with his girlfriend and she goes oh people are gonna think I, I like it when people do this and he's like that's not yeah I was like oh this is it's great such a great it's such a great joke and it says everything about him immediately I feel like yeah I love where he's this lovable loser. Uh, I just, I just really love him, but uh, yeah, he built a unique thing out of this and he is, a, he, I think it also helps that he's a great musician because a lot of these guys who are guitar acts aren't great musicians. They're just, they have a guitar and it's kind of a gimmick. He's not a gimmick. He's a brilliant guitar player and he's, he, and he made songs that are catchy and fun. That, that last song gets stuck in my head all the time. The, uh, she never was abused when she was younger. It's, it's so, his voice is really funny too. He just, yeah. his whole dynamic works for me. So I'm glad you liked that, Coach. I wasn't uh, I wasn't sure how you'd feel about a guitar comic, to be honest. And I'm I, not that, I hate to even say it like that because I, I, I mean see, a musical comic. I, maybe maybe because I like music so much, but I was like I I thought he was good, and then when he was singing, I was like he actually got a decent voice. But I was paying a little bit more attention to his material and the way that he was controlling the crowd. But your first clip, uh, Marsha, is I'm saying that right? Yeah, Marsha Belsky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So your first clip, Marsha. Her voice was really good, and I don't want to sound degrading at all, but as a guy who like tracks music for a living, I'm like, if she really focused on her voice, it would be very, very good. Like she, interesting. Was, oh yeah, yeah. I could. She has. Well, a, I think it's tough with comedy music uh, sometimes because there's this weird line you're drawing between being too good. Oh yeah, she's uh, good. yeah, she's good though. Because she, a lot of her, I feel like a lot of her voice effect stuff is for the sake of humor. But I, I could be wrong. You would know more about that than me. I, I just, if she had a vocal trainer and she was like, I'm going to work on this. You know, hard body, drink water, stop smoking, whatever the heck you could do. <laughs> And I, she would, I'm like, oh, she could have a real thing going. I just liked her voice. I liked the texture of her voice. She, uh, She's in a band 
also that uh, I think plays comedy music. And uh, yeah, she makes great. She makes great music. She's really funny. And she made a play. I meant to talk about this after I played her clip, but she had a play uh, version of the handmade, the Handmaid's Tale that was really popular. So Hmm. if society comes back, hopefully she brings it back for people to see because uh, yeah, I think a lot of that, that clip of her doing uh, those songs was really popular this week. So if you haven't checked it out, check out the whole thing. Great. It's very good. And your boy, Tony. Tony Woods is one of my favorite comedians of all time. I think he is grossly underrated. And I think he's starting to get a little bit more recognition because Chappelle has done a lot to get him recognized. Because Chappelle looked, he's one of Chappelle's influences, which that's a small list of comedians who can be talked about in that way. And he's just brilliant. He's a dude. He li- he's a DC dude. He's one of my favorite comics. I don't want to get too into stuff that I talked about the last time I talked about him. For people who uh, didn't listen to me as a guest on this show, I-, I was obsessed with Tony Woods as a kid. I was like, I did his. The first time I did stand up was, and it wasn't really stand up. It was an extra credit for a class that I had uh, in high school. And my teacher was like, if you want to do stand up for the class, just as an exercise, I'll give you extra credit. And I, he was like, you can use your favorite jokes or whatever. Cause I would always be re- repeating jokes from comedy central that I saw uh, the next day at school to my friends. I'd be like, you got to see this guy, Todd Barry or Tony Woods or whatever. And Tony Woods was most of what I would do because his jokes are just so funny and so silly and timeless and relatable to anybody, I think. Because he's talking about things like the chicken cross the road and he does these animal impressions that are so funny with the raccoon who's like, what motherfucker? It's like, (laughs) it's so, it was so fun to do his, his version of these animals that was, uh, he's just so good at personifying silly people and uh the garbage truck guy but the bits that i did he does these bits about um about childhood like uh fairy tales uh that that he heard and i cut it out of this chunk because i talked about it on the other episode so go back and listen to that or just check out his half hour if you want to hear that bit but he has a bit about little red riding hood that's one of my favorites of all time but i would go and do these because his voice was just so unique and funny and silly to me he also has this weird it's a it's a very different tempo to this special than a lot of the specials you watch where he's just so cool about it. Like he opens very slow and he, he at the end of some of these segments he'll just go, That's the end. Yeah, yeah. I noticed <laughs> that. He does it at the very end of the special too. And I remember as a kid being like, That is so cool how he just throws it away. I, I was just in such awe of him. And then I worked with him at the comedy cellar in Vegas last year and i watched him every show it was 14 shows and i he just murdered every show and it didn't matter who walked in the door they left a tony woods fan because he's just a brilliant brilliant performer and controls a room like nobody and they come to him like he makes audiences adjust to his energy so well and in that in that this is stand-up documentary they talk about that where so much of what being a great stand-up is is the room doesn't matter that much because you're the one controlling it and they have to come to you. And they always did every show that I watched. They did. They did go to Tony Woods because his energy is just very magnetic. And he's just such a 
charismatic dude. Like watching that half hour, I was just mesmerized watching him work as a kid because he just has this pacing and this kind of. There's a part I think I cut it out of this because it didn't uh, <laughs> it didn't make sense for audio. But he's looking at the backdrop because the, every Comedy Central presents back in the day they had backdrops where. It'd be like, if you were from Indiana, it'd be corn in the background and like cows and shit. And Tony Woods, just there was an apartment behind him. And he goes, he's just like, look at my, he goes, I don't live here. This is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just such a funny way to um, be in the moment. Watching somebody be in the moment is very entertaining to me. And it's, you don't always see that, especially on specials. It's very hard to do. That's good, man. It's a good pick, man. Uh, And your last pick. So the last pick that I have today is, uh, this is a, my friend, Binyam Bazuna. I started comedy with this guy and it's funny how long this road is because when I first started going to, I think my second open mic was his first open mic. And we had this weird moment where I felt like, and I knew him from like improv days and stuff like that. But, uh, <laughs> we were in college together and, uh, Binyam was like, uh, he was like, yeah, I've never done stand-up before. This is going to be weird. And I kind of was had this old sage, like, oh, it's you got to do it like this and that. Meanwhile, I bombed that night. It was my second time doing stand-up. I had no more information than he had. And he <laughs> murdered because it was when Barack Obama was either first president or like becoming president or something like that. Was he doing Obama impressions? He did an Obama, but it was like the first time I'd seen anybody do an Obama and it was incredible. And his jokes about Obama were funny. And because a lot of times people do impressions and all they're getting a laugh from is the impression. Yeah. Binyam had jokes that were funny within the Obama impression. It was his first time. And I was just like, God damn it. This kid's going to be a fucking (laughs) star. And I look like a dumbass now for trying to, but uh, he he moved to LA and we kind of we would still stay in touch and stuff. But then it's it's been really cool to see his career uh, do really good stuff. And he he has a bunch of stuff on uh, he has a bunch of sketches on Comedy Central's YouTube and stuff like that. But he has this set that he did for them. <laughs> he tells a story that he told me when we first met, and it made me laugh so hard about how he would go to school and all the kids would make fun of him for smelling like onions because his family's Ethiopian. <laughs> and uh, I just thought it he made me laugh doing it, I mean, years ago, and I was so happy to see it get turned into stand-up. So this is Binyam Bazuna from his set on Comedy Central stand-up featuring. I hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, my parents are from Africa, specifically Ethiopia. And the cool thing about having immigrant parents is that they'll do American traditions, but they won't do them the right way. They'll do them their own way. <laughs> like, when I'd lose a tooth as a kid, there was no tooth fairy. <laughs> like, I'd still get money, but it'd be, I'd hand my dad a tooth and he'd hand me a dollar. <laughs> it was a business transaction. <laughs> I was just selling my dad baby teeth. (laughs) And growing up in an African household, I felt like I was never really exposed to black culture. Like that was never given to me. No one ever sat me down and was like, this is earth, wind and fire and you're supposed to wear cocoa butter. Like no one ever (laughs) did that for me, you know, because my parents didn't know anything about that. They were too busy cooking Ethiopian food and making my clothes smell like onions. Like, Ethiopian food tastes great, but if you cook it in a house, everything in that house now smells like onions. Everything, like the cat, my Game Boy Advance. And I don't mean like if you 
took a raw onion, cut it down the middle, and sniffed it. I mean, I mean, like, you take a bunch of onions, put them in a blender, puree that shit, mix it with olive oil, put it on a stove, boil that, hang a shirt on top of that. <laughs> then let the onion vapors just soak and fester in that shirt. Then put that shirt on, and that's what I smelled like going to school in eighth grade. <laughs> I smell like I had hot box with some onions. <laughs> and this is gonna come as a surprise to you, but smelling like onions does not lead to you being the most popular boy in school, <laughs> okay? Nah, that shit made me insecure. Like, I'm still insecure now. Do you guys ever do this? You ever say something in front of people, and then later when you're by yourself, you'll say it out loud again to see if it sounded okay? <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> Even to just one guy, I'll just be like, all right, man, Peace. And like five seconds later, when he's out of earshot, I'm just like, all right, man, peace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good. All right, that was Binion Bazuna. You can see that whole set on Comedy Central's stand-up YouTube channel, where you can also see a bunch of hour specials for free right now, including Rachel Feinstein's hour, uh, Only Whores Wear Purple. What a great special name. And if you like the comics you heard today, I have some recommendations. Just like Netflix has their algorithm, this is the Tom Takargorithm. If you liked Henry Phillips, you will also like the Reformed Whores. Joe Para and Stephen Castillo, who writes for SNL. And if you like Tony Woods, check out Eagle Wit and David Britton, also very whimsical. And I hope you like the show today. Uh, send in DMs if you if you want recommendations or if you have anything you want me to see. Uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts.